Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Uncommon Real Estate Podcast. And I am here, your host, Chris Craddock. Uh, we've got Jeff Safright will be joining us here shortly. But in the meantime, we have the opportunity to be live with a good buddy of mine who is who comes to real estate from a just an, an area, an angle that a lot of people don't look at. Like it, you kind of fall into it if you're in residential real estate. And if you're an investor, you don't really think about it as a place to, to really buy and invest. But I'll tell you this much, when nobody else is thinking about it, it means that's a place where you can make a lot of money because the competition is, is not, you're, you're just not competing with everybody. Think about like for, for a regular real estate agent, for sale by owners and expires. If you call one at like 845, 45 other people have called that person. And so um, this is one of those like little niche markets where you can own it and really, really crush it. So with that said, I'm so excited to have my buddy here, Brent. Um, Brent, I'm going to be with him in, uh, is it Tampa? Where, where's the Tampa? Okay. Yeah. So, so Brent and I will be in Tampa together at the end of this month. And uh, yeah, he's just a total stud. So with that said, Brent, tell us about your story. Where did you start? Uh, where you headed? Tell us like a little bit about yourself and about the program that you have and what you teach. Yeah, uh, I mean, where did I start? I kind of started like everyone else. You know, I, I wanted to be a real estate rock star. I got my real estate license in 2007. Took me three times to pass that dang test, by the way. So I'm not a I'm I'm not a test taking guy. Uh, I'm not a book smart dude. What's up, Jeff? How are you? Doing good, man. Sorry, I'm late here. Yeah, no worries. No worries. I, I, thanks for having me, guys. Um, so basically, I, I wanted to get into the real estate business. Um, I, I, I just, you know, I liked, you know, everyone watches HGTV. They want to get in the game. So I thought if I got a real estate license, I can see all the, all the deals coming across the desk. So the first deal I saw, which was a house, three bedroom, one bath, I bought that thing uh, and got paid a commission. Ended up having to borrow the earnest money deposit from my great grandma. And I'm like, just turned 21. So I'm now literally a landlord. Um, move over to the coast, 2008, start, be, uh, start trying to do buying and selling. Actually, uh, I, I'm, I got my real estate license and I was sucking, man. I was sucking wind. Uh, it was a rough time back then. I was watching real estate brokers of 30 years get out of the business and I got in my head and I quit. I threw in the towel. I was like, I'm going to join the military, go back to school. There's got to be better things. I uh, tried to join the Air Force. They wouldn't let me. They told me, go next door to the Army. They'll take anyone. So I'm really coachable. I went next door to the Army and joined the military. I was in basic training not too long afterwards. Afghanistan, not too long af after that. Um, and was out of the United States till about 2013. And guess who was back in the real estate game back in 2013? This guy. I went, I went hard back into it. Bought three rentals in about a year's time. And I was flat broke. Like I was maxed out. Amex maxed out, Home Depot maxed out, started wholesaling houses, making quick money. And that was rough. Every, every time I turned around, there was another wholesaler I was competing with. 
and I, I stopped getting so many houses and then I came across land. You know, I stumbled across it. Really, I heard about this guy buying land at massive discounts in his sleep, basically, and literally selling the stuff for, you know, three, sometimes 10 times what he paid for it. And I did a couple of those and just kept rinsing and repeating and looked down the road a few years later. I've done about 280 land deals, virtually no competition, have a passive income paying me every month, uh, built a team around it. And here we are getting to talk to you guys, you fine gentlemen. Boom. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for serving. Thank you for your service. Going overseas, putting your life on the line is, is awesome. So that's one. Number two, all of my Navy friends would absolutely love that soundbite of the whole, uh, you know, went to the army because they'll take anybody. <laughs> I'm sure they will love that soundbite. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. And then third, you're talking about land and you're talking about passive income from land. That just seems weird to me. So can you, uh, can you talk about that? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Let me give you my second hey, deal. Go hey, ahead, Jeff. Chris, real quick, before we jump in, I think you missed a major point, you know, in the, um, you know, just the willingness not to, to quit, you know, that, that like, to me is, you know, one of the main things that stuck out there. I think a lot of people jump into any of these avenues of real estate and, and, you know, they see the glamorous, you know, photos on, on Facebook or other social media and they jump in and it's hard and they jump right back out, but your, your ability to, you know, to stay, to stick with it and then also find your niche is uh it's pretty incredible in my opinion um but let's jump back into the land i just want to point that out well i i'm glad you said that literally i just got off the phone somebody called me earlier and or i called we i was talking to somebody earlier given like a little five minute like coaching session on how to buy an investment property and i was talking about driving for dollars which by the way if you're looking at driving for dollars deal machine is awesome and use the code uncommon it'll get you um it's just one of the best and I just, I said to her, I was like, here's the problem. Everybody does like goes and finds three houses, five houses, calls them and says, oh, this doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so, yeah, that's the difference between the common and the uncommon. Jeff, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that is, that is like the number one uh, common denominator is people that are successful don't quit. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Jeff. That's perfect. Brent. Yeah. So how do you make money in land? How do I make money in land? Um, totally agree with that, guys. You got to you got to at least go after ten houses, and if ten don't work, go after twenty, and eventually you're gonna get lucky. You're gonna find that that seller that just needs what you're selling or or needs what you're offering. It's all about timing and and work. I don't believe in getting lucky. I think God blesses those that work and he puts them in the right places eventually. Like you just got to keep doing it and want it bad enough. So it's, it's funny about, that you said, just talk to enough people and you'll get lucky. <laughs> it's funny. I right? mean, <laughs> I, I'm married to a, like a number 10. My wife is so beautiful. Like I, I just didn't stop. I, fi I finally found her and I was like, I'm going to pursue. She told me I wasn't her boyfriend for like six months, but guess who, guess who's married to me now with three children? Like, it just worked out type thing. You just got, when you find it, you got to go after it. <laughs> All right. So I got to say this because this is one of the things, it just makes me laugh really hard. There was this guy I met. He came in, he was working for a, a company I, I do a lot of business with. And uh, first day I made him, he's like, you know, I, I'm just like a really good salesperson. That's what I do. And I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. He's like, you want, want me to prove how good of a salesperson I am? And I was like, yeah. He's like, see this bald, chubby, fat face? 
I still go on dates. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, that is hilarious. I <laughs> has asked 10 people a week. You know, you just got, that's why I do a lot of mail. I got to send mail out every week to keep my deal flow coming in. Um, so let's talk about my second land deal, which is not as cool as the first one, but my first everyone always asked me like, what's your favorite land deal? Well, it was number one for sure. Uh, the first one I ever did, because that showed me like, holy crap, I just turned $285 into five grand overnight. Let's keep doing it. Um, but the second land deal, how to make passive income. I stumbled into this. I bought a piece of land for $500 from a woman that didn't need money. Her porch was bigger than my entire house. Her husband was like a stockbroker for 40 years. And he picked up this parcel of land that he died and she no longer wanted it. She was three years behind on taxes, about to lose it uh, to foreclosure. And she told me, she's like, I'll give, you, I'll give it to you for $500. And I tried my negotiation skills out. And I said, would you take any less? And she said, no, son, you're getting a piece of land, almost five acres for $500. Don't waste my time. Like this woman was pushing 90. Like, and I said, yes, ma'am. And I wrote the check. So I put this thing on Craigslist that night when I got home. I drove from Denver, Colorado, because that's where I met her. Put it on Craigslist, um, $5,000 total, which here's the thing about the property. There was no access to it. You had to trespass against state land to get to it. And I disclosed all that. I said, $500 down, $400 a month, $5,000 total purchase price. I had a buyer the next day that brought me cash to my house. So now I have a $400 a month passive income. That's paying the car payment, man. And that was my proof of concept. And I just kept doing it and doing it until my mortgage payment was paid, my car, my bills, my utility, my student loans. And eventually I was like, I'm financially free. I can get the heck out of the army. And that was what I wanted. That was my why. I really wanted out of the, out of the military. And it wasn't just the military. I was just tired of being away from home. Dang. So, so you bought the land for 500 bucks. You sold it to somebody on installments for... For $5,000, is that what you said? $5,000, I got 500 down, I got my money back out of it. I was profitable the 30 days later and no risk. Dang, that's awesome. And how close to, you said that was in, in Colorado? Yeah, that was in Colorado. It, I actually drove by this land every day, going to post, going on base. And you know, most people do that as well. Thousands and thousands of people drive by every week but they never look twice at it. That's why there's no competition. They don't realize there's a way to make money with it because there's no house on it. There's no mobile home park. There's no storage units. They don't realize how to make money. I made money because I bought on margin of safety. I got, I got it for a stupid, massive discount and turned around and sold it for a massive discount. So, so is this something you can only do in areas where there's tons and tons of land or can you do it like in more suburban areas? Can you do it like how, like, Somebody that doesn't, like, I know Jeff's from Kansas, right? Like, I think of Kansas and I think of land. I live in the D.C. area and I don't think of land here in the D.C. area. But if, if you go a little bit further out, there are neighborhoods and, and other places with that. Can you just tell us, like, where can you do this kind of stuff? Yeah, and, and you're right. There's, like, the areas that's super dense, like, you know, Virginia, where there's, like, no, no land available or it's large tracts owned by, you know, ranchers and whatnot. I'm not mailing that stuff. Now, granted, there will be some infill buildable lots in areas like yours. What's an infill and buildable lot? It's basically ready to build on. It's already got sewer and electric close by. 
that kind of stuff. If I can get that land for a discount, you know, let's just say 60 cents on the dollar, I, I get it under contract and I'm using really easy numbers. I get it under contract for 60,000. It's worth a hundred. I'm sure I can get a developer or a builder or a spec home buyer or builder or a flipper that's tired of chasing after the dirty old stinky cat pee houses. I'm sure I can get them to pay, you know, 70,000. So I make a quick 10, 10 grand on it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how are you finding, you know, the right people to mail, to, to reach out to? How, like, like, what are you doing to kind of narrow down who you want to reach out to? You know, there's a couple of things I like to do, but let me just keep it super simple. Like th th those first two deals I did, uh, those were guys that were behind on their taxes. I got the list from the, the county. Uh, at that time, it was free. I'm starting to see counties charge for these lists um, so that you can go to a list provider. It's, it's this simple. You can go to priced.com, priced.com. You can pull a list of landowners and just mail those guys. At the end of the day, we just got to find the right people to talk to. Now, there's ways to kind of micro that down, you know, figure out, okay, in this county, I see a lot of one acre lots. Th those are the biggest volume sales. That's the one I'd go after because those are easy to price. Those are easy to see what they're selling for. Um, kind of like what we call hot zip codes in the wholesaling world. That's awesome. So, so I, this actually happened um, near my dad's property. My dad has a, a has a nice twenty acre lot in Kansas. It's got a got like a seven acre pond on it. Right next to it is this uh, this small lake that's been. We thought it was divided in uh, in three different sections, two of which had been built on. Anyways, my dad had been trying to purchase this property. He found the owner. He, he did all these different things, and you know, they, they said they weren't, they weren't willing to sell. They did, they weren't interested in selling. Another guy comes in, his wife's an attorney and they go to the tax records, find out that the guy hadn't paid taxes on this inherited property for like a decade. He goes, asks them if he could buy it. The, the gentleman says, no, it's not for sale. And then he goes to the court or he goes to the county or something and brings this tax, uh, this back, back tax situation up and essentially gets the land by paying off the back taxes. Um, and getting this guy out of debt, essentially. How often does that happen, and what's the actual process for that? Because it seems uh, uh, it seems easy, but it, but at the same time, it it's not exactly clear to me the whole process. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what he could have done too, which is I think is a little shady. I love the fact that he went to the landowner and showed him, like, look, you're in hot water. You're about to lose this land because we catch people all the time about to lose their land. And that's not the only land I buy. Let me just make that really clear because some people think that you can only buy tax delinquent land. I've literally bought land from people that lived in the same county and were not behind on their taxes and they still gave me an amazing deal. But yeah, that does make sense. Um, I can tell you on two hands now that I can count where I've literally just purchased the land at the back tax value. One example um, we purchased an acre of land in Calhan, Colorado. Uh, it actually had a structure on it and it had asbestos in it. Like, so I, so I understood from the seller, he told me that. So I told my team, I was like, don't buy it. I don't want anything with asbestos. We're just going to get it under contract for the price 
of the back taxes and give this guy a dollar. So we got it a dollar over for what, what he owed on the back taxes. And we assigned this to a guy that really wanted to be in this area. And he was actually going to revamp that, that asbestos building. But we made a $27,000 net profit on that deal. And we didn't know what we were getting into. We just got it for free and we threw it out there. Uh, and, and it just, it got taken over. So that's one right there. And I can tell you multiple other times where the seller's just like, get this thing off my back. I'm so tired of getting these letters. I inherited this land. Grandpa bought it. Uh, my, my husband was a developer, like literally like the last lot in the neighborhood. We purchased those before we've had to uh, like start LL or start incorporations back up just to get legal acts or legal ownership of this land. So all the time, I mean, it happens all the time. You do enough deals, you see all kinds of crazy stuff with this. Like who'd have thunk that people, at least 10 people would have given me their land. So so Brent, I've got a, a, a question on that. So if let's say we, we mail a bunch of people that own land, um, the avatar of this podcast, you got uh, agents that are also investors, right? You see real estate agents and investors. Do you see opportunity um, where people are, are willing to get rid, like saying, yes, I, I want to sell, I'm willing to get rid of it, but maybe they're not willing to sell at a discounted price. Do you see the opportunity where an agent could, could list that land? Perfect example. Uh, we bought three and a half acres from a gentleman. Uh, he's in his seventies. We purchased that land from him uh, for 1.2 million. He's holding the He's holding uh, the seller carry back for 600,000. So I only came up with 600 grand and I raised the capital to do that. I had some partners. I only have a, about 50 grand of my own cash into that. Um, and the seller's carrying it back one year, 0% interest, no payments. Well, he's got another 1100 acres. We can't come to a, a, an agreement on price for that. He's way too high for that one. That's when I brought in a land realtor, very similar to what you teach with REI Revive. Thanks. I mean, your course is amazing with that. Um, you, you talk to this realtor and you figure out a way to legally, you know, joint venture with that, where he can give you 50% of that listing price. Uh, so that we're actually doing that with another piece of land where, where this realtor and I are going to create a partnership where he lists the land, gets this seller highest and best use. And I'm going to get a portion of that as a referral However, the, the, the real estate attorney sets it up. So I'm not acting as a broker because I no longer have a license. Um, but yeah, all the time, like, you know, not all the time do my sellers need my discounted price or my speed and my convenience. Sometimes they needed a different route and we're just solving that problem for them. In that case, it's a land specialist realtor. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure you get, uh, you talk to the, uh, I'll tell you, there. Like a lot of times agents can get in trouble on, on that. So yeah, uh, make sure you, you get it, you get it structured correctly so that you're not uh, getting a kickback or a referral fee that you could get everybody in trouble. Cause you don't want oh, yeah. you know, that to happen. So, but yeah, no, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Th um, so as far as uh, how you typically, what do you think is the hottest list, right? Like I, I remember our, we have a mutual friend, Tom Kroll, and I love Tom Kroll because he always comes out, like he's always looking at stuff and like you'd hear him on, on Clubhouse, or you hear him speaking, he's like, here's what the hottest list is today. Call this, this, and this. That's where you get the hot leads right now. What would you say is the hottest land lead list or the land list right now? All right, I'm about to let down a lot of your listeners. There's no such thing. The land list is the hot list. 
That is the hot list because you, you want to fight. I mailed a whole entire County. I'll start with the buildable lots, you know, the 5,000 square foot to quarter acre lots. And then I'll go quarter acre to one acre, then one to three, five to 10. I want the whole County. like when people think of land and say, for instance, El Paso County, Colorado, they know to call Brent Bowers, the land sharks, or, you know, Zach buys houses, whatever business name, but we, we, are the go-to. So I say the whole dang land list. I go to price.com and I can give an affiliate link and get uh, someone 400 free records and seven day free trial to just start using it. But you could be mailing land tonight. I mean, I'm, I'm now telling people, don't even worry about going to the, the, the county treasurer's office and getting that tax delinquent list. It's too big of a pain. Let's get you talking to landowners today because that's at the end of the day, like some people just need to make money in 30 days. And that's what I needed when I did my first land deal, I needed money quick because I just had a brand new baby. We just bought a new house. I just moved across the country with the military and the military doesn't pay that much, by the way. <laughs> and I had student loans. So, you know, I always think that all my students that come in are, are similar to me. Like they don't have time and they don't have money. And I, I was the same way. So what, what is like, what areas should a should a person be targeting are, are, are we in more suburban areas more rural areas like what do you see as as the someone just stepping into it or or even just anybody yeah i always recommend when someone's starting out just like i started out i did my first probably 10 deals within about a two and a half hour radius of where i currently live like i mean for you chris that's that's going to be a little hard you're probably going to stretch that two and a half hour radius uh, and then Jeff, I'm not sure where you're at in the country, but I, I, I recommend if you can, if at all possible, get outside, just outside of the growth, the explosive growth. Like I just had a guy um, from Phoenix just join the Land Sharks group. I was like, dude, just look out like 30 minutes outside of what's going on in Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona is exploding. It's on fire. No pun intended. Like just go on the outskirts of that because eventually it's all going to push out, you know, especially in Virginia. The only way you can go is West type thing, California. The only way you can go is East. So it's all pushing out. So I just, I prefer, I call it the teeter totter method. Just be 30 minutes outside of what, where the, the growth is happening because those landowners are still willing to do a deal. Like they're not willing to wait 10 years for that path of growth to reach them. Like they need to get rid of it today. Right. So I guess more rural is the quick answer. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, are you still seeing students get uh, some of your students get deals at like, like you said, 500 bucks? Like, is that is that way times gone by? Or what's the what's the cheapest you've seen somebody buy land, you know, one of your students recently? Uh, Colorado guy just purchased some land for 1800 sold it for 20 grand, like literally just happened. And he's sitting in Virginia, by the way, he lives in D.C., um, so he chose to come out in Colorado, um, you know, and I want to kind of like go back to that. Like the reason why I was getting this land at 250 or 285 and $500 and $1,000, it's usually like, a, you know, an inefficient parcel of land. It's not buildable or it's not accessible. You got to do something to it to get it, get it right. And that's why it was at a discount. The seller wasn't willing, able or resourceful enough to even do that. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to discount either the fact that people can do this in an urban environment. There's buildable lots. There's infill lots. Let's just say you are in, uh, let's just say Miami, Florida or Orlando, Florida. 
right in the center of a lot of a lot of things going. There's still vacant parcels of land in neighborhoods. Snatch those things up. You just got to get them at a discount and sell it for a little higher. As Tom Crow would say, look at the three lowest comps, get it for lower, and then sell that thing for a profit. Like people make quick cash. Like, I mean, you could get 25, 35 grand in your bank account in a few weeks time doing that. That's awesome. When, when you're in a, when you're in an urban uh, suburban area, how far out are you going for your comps? And just for instance, I have a, I have a, I have a, a parcel. I got a lot. Um, I think it's an acre lot and, but it's pinned up against all these other lots that are similar sizes, but they all have structures on them. And this one is, is completely vacant. How far out should I go in looking for comps for this to determine a, a market value for it? Man, that's hard. Sometimes you have to go, you know, a mile, two miles, but it's still got to be apples to apples. So right. if you're looking at a comp like two miles, three miles down the road, and there's no electric or water or sewer, or maybe you can only do septic and like Colorado, we need at least one acre for that. So it's still got to be an apple to apple. As long as it's an apple to apple within a few miles, I'm usually fine with that. And then here's another thing. Sometimes like areas like there's nothing, there's nothing's happened in the last six months with an apple to apple comparison. So you have to go like a year and it's, it just gets a little tricky. I generally like to be in an area with more volume happening because like I, that's my biggest fear. I don't want to get something under contract or buy something I can't sell. So I'm obviously getting it at a massive discount, but one way, like if, if you do, let me, let me give you an example. If you do end up buying something like that and you're a little off on your comps or you pay too much, you can dig yourselves out of a lot of holes by offering seller financing. I had to do it. Um, I bought a crater in the ground in Woodland Park, uh, Colorado. I ended up selling this thing, still making a profit, even though it was a huge hole in the ground uh, because I offered seller financing. You know, it just gave me an out. Yeah, th this one that I'm speaking of, he bought it for like 190000 but there hasn't been... Uh nothing is sold within a mile radius like this in like the last five years. So, um, so, you know, it's been, uh, it, it's been interesting trying to comp. So I'll, I'll continue trying to figure it out. Well, one thing, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going to say, I, I've got a, I know we're, we're usually on until the top of the hour and I am uh, leading a training at uh, noon. So um, this is, this is awesome. I would really love how Brent, how can people get in touch with you? Cause like, obviously anybody listening to this knows this is a blue ocean. If you've read that, that if you know what I'm talking about, this is a blue ocean. This is not where people are, are at Brent. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah. I just started a YouTube channel. Brent Bowers is what it's called. we launched it three months ago and I'm talking to everything land on this thing. I'm the only one on YouTube doing it. I feel like. That's awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, very cool. So go to Brent Bauer's YouTube channel. He's also got a coaching program on Wholesaling Inc. I, uh, I am one of the coaches over there. Some really amazing folks that are, uh, um, that are on there. And I, I'm just so blessed to be a part of, uh, of that cadre of, of amazing individuals. Um, I, I've known Brent here for a while now, and I can just tell you, he is somebody that, um, you know, if, if it's something that you, you want to learn about land, he's the kind of person you want to, you want to learn from because he doesn't just do the, the bare minimum, but he makes sure that you're going to succeed. And he really cares about, about his students. So 
Um, I will give that pitch and I don't give that pitch very often um, for somebody that, that does that. So with that said, um, Brent Bauer's YouTube channel, Jeff, you want to take us home here and for real people reach out to Brent. He's a stud. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, friends, this concludes another episode of the Uncommon Lunchbox with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Savright. Brent, thanks for being on. Everybody else will be back next Tuesday. Same time, same place. Until then, continue crushing it. Have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.